Hello. Hello. This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And we've, uh, well, wait, first of all, yeah, happy, happy 2017, everybody. It's so good to be back on the mics. It is. You have these cans on the ears and uh, yeah, we're That's ready to can, go. Cans on the ears. Is that I, I think it's an industry term. I think we're so. going to have to, we'll have that uh, footnoted in the show notes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> somebody complained that we have no show notes. Here's the thing. We're, we're actually starting, we, Within the next couple of weeks, we're launching our new website, yeah. VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. That's right. It's going to be an amazing site, and uh, there's so much more coming, and yeah. we just can't wait to tell you guys. 2017 it, is going to be a huge year. It's going to be a huge year. And Matt, you just got back from Winnipeg. Well, yeah, and Winnipeg was actually an ideal place to go before a huge year. I don't believe and you. And I'll tell I don't you believe why. That. I'll tell you why. Uh, not only do you know my my daughter has cousins there and and grandparents, but uh, more importantly, uh, the year before we went to Mexico, you're running around trying to see things. And right. You got to do this and this and the tour and this. Winnipeg, I was there twelve days. I think I watched Die Hard with a little, vengeance. A little bit of uh, little yes sports that I don't usually watch. <laughs> stared at the Golf Channel. Right. I mean, it was relaxing yeah relaxing and yeah spent about seven days in kind of on a, in in a coma on the couch and uh and then i started gearing up for 2017 and i by the time i got back on the plane i was ready to you're, go you're ready to get back yeah you're ready back to back to work back to work yeah no that's and that's the best way it's it's really hard i think in a lot of industries and i'm sure a lot of people out there can relate uh, where you take a few weeks off and and you you come back and you still feel burnt out. Yeah, you need. A and then you got to go back. Vacation. Yeah, sure. And I mean that's and I think it's it's taken me a lot. I I make the mistake over and over again. I go to you know we just got back from Asia where that was a honeymoon though. You're yeah. Winnipeg's not the ideal spot for a honeymoon. No, you're right. <laughs> you're, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, but we, you know, I mean, I, I did actually feel because it was long enough. That's the nice thing about the honeymoon is you actually get to extend it uh, longer than a typical vacation, You hopefully. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the nice thing was is I, I, I feel good. I came back. You know, I read a lot of books while I was away. Yeah. I listened to a lot of different podcasts. I feel motivated for 2017. And yeah, it's just, this is going to be a great hey, year. We're on the same page. We're both back in the studio. Uh, Who do we got on the episode today? We've got uh, Dustin Woodhouse. Oh, amazing. Back back from episode, he was on episode 10. So right. if you haven't checked that one out, check it out. One of our most popular episodes of all time. Yeah. And he's back to talk about investment strategies in real estate. And uh, he I'm breaks a, it down in a really useful way. And, uh, you know, Dustin is a, is one of those guys who who is is so good at uh, taking ideas. Complicated ideas. Complicated often. ideas, packaging them up and... Uh, and making them understandable and, and it's easily such a, digestible content. Such a great guy to have on the on the show. I'm so a we're huge fan of his. And you know what the nice thing is too is he's also a best-selling author on right. Amazon right now. He's got a, an amazing book called "Be the Be- Better Broker." He's got three volumes of mm-hmm. it. 
Um, so if, you know, if anyone, and I know we've got a lot of realtors and mortgage brokers out there listening. So, uh, if you do want a great book, uh, and it doesn't matter where you are in your career, that's going to help out, go check out Dustin's book, be the better broker on amazon.ca. Yeah. And I would even say if you're, even if you're not interested in mortgage brokering, he's got a lot of wisdom in those books. So sure. Sure. Um, so we'll get to Dustin's interview, but first Matt, you know, it's, uh, how do you, how do you approach 2017? Do you, do you write down your goals? What do you, what do you do? Yeah. Doing? You know, I, 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 I spend a couple of days in Winnipeg kind of thinking about, about what I want to accomplish this right. year. And, and by the end of the first quarter, you know, write down the goals, uh, check them twice and, uh, and keep coming back to them. I think that's, that's one of the strategies I use. Right. Um, we tend to review goals and we often do it together on certain things that we, that we work on quarterly. Right. And I mean, that I think it's a nice, I hold you accountable and I hold you accountable. And that's why we lost so much weight before my wedding. <laughs> Both about 10 pounds uh, heavier than when yeah. we started. Yeah. But the 2017 is going to be a huge year. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> when we sit around the mics, we sit around the mics. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I think that, I, I think that that's the nice thing is, is we do, we do review our, our, our quarterly uh, goals and it actually, it actually helps. And I mean, anybody that, I mean, I'm sure every, a lot, most of you out there do write down your goals. And I mean, if you don't, you got to start because yeah. it's, it's, uh, I, so helpful. I, did, for, I did not write them down for many years and it's, uh, no, it's, it's been really It's a helpful. game changer. It's yeah. a game changer. And Matt, you got anything to add to that? Well, yeah, I actually have a quote. And like I said, I spent about seven days in a, in a food coma, but the last five, I, I did a lot of reading, a lot of thinking about this upcoming year. And you know, anyone who is, uh, you know, real estate's always in the news in Vancouver. Right. Uh, we've often said that it, it, the market here is much more like a stock market than a, than a regular market. And I was reading, you know, a lot of, uh, Warren Buffett came across my uh, desk a couple of times over the holidays and, and one of his quotes, uh, just struck me. And I think it's, it's, it's because of the moment right now in Vancouver real estate, Buffett says, Look at market fluctuations as your friend rather than your enemy. Profit from folly rather than participate in it. Okay, so let's unpack that a bit. Current state of the market. Well, I mean, current state of the market is if you look from from January 2016, we're way up. Yet, if you you know follow the media, I mean, man, the sky has been falling for months. Sure. Right. And uh, you know what does that mean on the ground for 2017? In my mind. I don't think there's going to be a wholesale sell-off where, you know, some people have these crazy dire predictions. Right. Uh, I also don't have a crystal ball. What I do think is this constant negative media attention is going to make some sellers very nervous. And I, I mean, hey, it, Buffett's strategy has always been when the herd zigs, you zag, right? And yeah. uh, and 2017, I think, offers a lot of uh, potential opportunities out there. So I think you just have to have your your goals set on kind of a longer term focus than six months or a year. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's going to be some, some real, uh, investment opportunities for sure. And when Buffett zigs, I Ziggler. And my, my quote is, uh, is a Zig Ziggler. No, it, it's actually, it's a Stefan person yeah, quote. I was going to say <laughs> you, cause you brought a quote as well. I did. Yeah. 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 It has, and it has nothing to do with the market. I actually, I actually, okay. So I, 
I think that uh, that's a great quote. I think that when there is bad news and when the market kind of softens, right now inventory is low, but we're also seeing sales volume is way down. Yeah. Stats just came out. You know, I think there it does create an environment and opportunity. And there are people out there that are nervous. There's nervous mm-hmm. sellers. Mm-hmm. And there's there are opportunities out there. So, you know, something to consider. My quote is, I'm totally going to change gears here. My, my quote is, loyalty is not won by being first, it is won by being best. And this is actually a quote that's going to be, I think, shaping what we're doing this year. Well, and it likely has shaped past years as well, but it's a nice reminder. It is a nice reminder. And it's also, it's also um, something that we, again, we have a lot of mortgage brokers and real estate agents that listen to our show. And I think that it is, it is a quote that, that reminds you that loyalty is earned. You know, loyalty is not something that just because I worked with you before, you're going to be loyal to me. We have to earn your loyalty and we have to do that on the podcast. And as agents, we have to do that by continuously updating you yep. and adding value, whether we've, whether you're actively looking or not. And uh, that's kind of been the goal of the podcast the entire time. We're only as good as our last podcast. Exactly. And that was a hell of an episode though. It was the best of, it had to be the best. <laughs> yeah, it was a great episode. Let's get, uh, let's. Well, actually, do you have anything else you want to bring, say, or should we get to our interview no, with Dustin Woodhouse? No, let's cut to Dustin Woodhouse. He's spitting knowledge here. So without further ado, here's our interview with best-selling author and mortgage broker, Dustin Woodhouse. Enjoy. Okay, so we're here with Dustin Woodhouse, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Centers. How are you doing, Dustin? Great uh, guys, good to be here with you. Yeah, and we should say uh, Dustin's a past guest. He was here what last spring as well. So yeah, fantastic episode last spring. Um, so today we actually wanted to talk to you. It's the new year. We've got a lot of uh, people writing down their goals, talking about investing in various markets, including Vancouver's market. Um, you wrote an article last fall called "Are You a Genius?" and you identify the three types of real estate investors. Maybe what we can do is just, uh, do you want to just start by maybe going through the three different types of investors? Well, sure. I mean, and to be fair, there's probably 333 types of investor, <laughs> uh, or 333,000 uh, types of investor. But I was more just playing on timing. And uh, not so much the time when you enter the market, because really it doesn't matter so much when you enter the market. It matters a lot more when you exit the market. Um, Because even if you enter at a peak, uh, there's no such thing as the peak. There's various peaks. So even if you enter at a peak and the market declines, you know, from an investment point of view, so long as, you know, you never hear any talk about a bubble in rental prices. You never hear that. Right. Like, when's the last time somebody got on the news and said, rents are going to drop by 80%? <laughs> I mean, you know, that is, is never, ever spoken of. So at the end of the day, if you're buying a property, you're setting your mortgage costs, you, you have an idea of what your property taxes and strata are going to be, the rent's going to be the rent. It's not going to vary significantly. Certainly not in our market. Um, you're, you're pretty much impervious to the ups and downs in the actual value of the asset. Um, so, as I say, timing not really vital when you enter the market, but 
the three different types of investor I was highlighting were more sort of the three people, the three different times people maybe exit the market or ideally don't exit at all. And like I said, you know, sort of your opening level is, is the tourist. The uh, I'm going to buy a property, put a tenant in it. We'll see how it goes. And they do everything the way tourists do without a great amount of research um, maybe not as thoroughly as they should, maybe not as with as committed of a mindset as they should. So in other words, they don't vet their tenants thoroughly. They aren't pulling credit reports up. You know, they're, they're not uh, calling previous landlords. They're not doing any of that. And subsequently, they wind up some pretty traumatic experiences. Uh, and then there's just life. You know, I mean, we got all the snow on the ground, guaranteed more pipes are bursting right now in the lower mainland than probably has done in the last five years combined. And if that pipe is bursting at three o'clock in the morning in one of your rental suites and you're having to deal with it, it's where you start to wish there was a sell button on the end of your keyboard for your, your properties. You know, bad tenants, property problems, getting through those things uh, is difficult. But if you start building, you know, a, a team like a dedicated professional property manager who's vetting the tenants for you, right? Uh, you've got a plumber on speed dial who specializes on dealing with investment properties, you know, and and, th- and that really only tends to happen over time as you learn the hard lessons. Um, you, you tend to get, you know, a little more stabilized. But like I say, that first batch of investors there's a percent of them that are tourists and they go, wow, this is not for me. I'm never coming back here ever again. And they sell and maybe they hit the market, right? Maybe it's flat. You know, they, they, they might make a few dollars. They might not. Um, and then you sort of have that next level of investor. And I did it in five year segments. Like if you made it to the end of your first five year mortgage term, you probably came out of that investment property. Okay. You know, the mortgage had been right. paid down a little, Likely the value had gone up a little over a five-year period. You're usually safe from any real shifts in you know value. But that next level, that more committed investor, and I say more committed, not totally committed, when they make it to the end of their five-year term, a second five-year term, so now you're talking 10 years, well, there's just about no point, certainly in the history of Vancouver real estate, or if you bought and held for 10 years, no matter what happened in between, you were smiling at the end of that 10 years. You know, you, sure. I mean, at today's interest rates, 50 cents on the dollar of your mortgage payment is paying the principal down. So, you know, if you've got a quarter million dollar mortgage, which is roughly a thousand dollar a month payment, that's 500 a month, 6,000 a year, 30,000 per term over 10 years, that's $60,000 of that quarter million dollar mortgage has been paid off by somebody else. So even if the property hasn't gone up in value, which is unlikely over a 10 year period, you still have a $60,000 increase in equity in that property. And at that point, you get a lot of people who go, wow, like we've been really smart. Like this is one of the best investments we've ever made. Pat yourself on the back. Yeah, but you know, the media is scaring me because, well, that's the media's job. And I read the newspaper and I watch the news because I like to be terrified of everything around me. I mean, why else does anybody watch the news? Obviously, they want to be terrified of what's around them because um, that's, that's what they provide. 
so, you know, this bubble they've been talking about for a hundred years, um, maybe it really does exist. Uh, this interest rate increase they've been talking about for the last 35 years, uh, maybe it's finally going to come. You know what? We've done great. Let's take our money off the table and, you know, pay off our own mortgage or whatever it is. And so those people who were committed, who lasted 10 years, they back out. And, uh, and it's so unfortunate because the very few people I deal with, and I've taken 2,000 plus mortgage applications, and I can probably count on one hand, certainly I wouldn't need the second hand, um, the number of people who've actually held the same investment properties up to 15 years and beyond. I mean, it's, it's a very, very finite number. And um, those people, they are genius level. Now, they're not really genius level. They're not, they're, in fact, they may have a much lower IQ than the, the tourist investor. But what makes them a genius is the fact that they actually hung on and rode all the way through. And I can think of the one individual, you know, he started buying condos in Falls Creek 20 years ago when they were 150000 you know, grossly overpriced. I mean, who's going to pay 150000 <laughs> And at the time, he was buying from developers who were guaranteeing rents for 18 months because really, I mean, who's going to rent downtown? Like who wants to live in downtown Vancouver? Is anybody really going to want to move down there live down there? So the, the developers, true story. I mean, they were basically guaranteeing rents just in case you couldn't get a tenant downtown to pay, you know, $700 a month for a two bedroom suite uh, that you're buying for 150 to 175. So of course, those units, I mean, the values of them today, 700, 800,000, uh, the rents, you know, upwards of 2,000, and his mortgage balances, $65,000. Right. Right. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Yeah. So he's got this incredible cash flow from these units that he did nothing more special than simply hang on to. That's it. Right. And, uh, and real estate is meant to be boring and it is illiquid, right? Like it's not like a stock. There isn't a sell key on the end of the keyboard. And so for the people who can buy something and weather the storm of, you know, the, the media scares, the pipe bursting in the middle of the night. And I, we had that happen a few years ago in one of our units, you know, three o'clock in the morning, the pipe bursts, it's flooding into the, suite below right into the middle of the master bed in the master bedroom the suite below oh yeah so i get there and you know the tenants are upset the people below them are outside and they're yelling and screaming and they're upset and and i'm just like get me out of this like, you know, where's my where's that cell bus um, but of course it's really clunky to get rid of a property so you know you handle the insurance issues the strata issues you make nice with the tenants and the people below them and it costs you a couple dollars and, and you move forward and you sort of get over it. And, uh, you know, that, that was three years ago and touch wood, you know, that's kind of the last real issue that we've had amongst the three sets of tenants in our lives. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be entering a genius level soon ourselves. And, and I write those posts as much for myself as I do for anybody else. Yeah, they're a good reminder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
so Dustin, one question I have for you is, you, especially when it comes to the tourists, you know, those the headaches that inevitably arise when you have a, an investment property. What advice could you give somebody to get over those hurdles, apart from just, you know, backbone and kind of mental strength? Well, I mean, it, it is about a little bit of pre-planning. Like, you know that eventually you're going to have a plumbing issue of some kind. So track down a plumber and make sure you've got a plumber on speed dial and, uh, you know, maybe have a quick conversation and just confirm that, yeah, they've got people available, you know, 24 seven and, you know, accept the fact that this is going to potentially be something that's going to cost you a few dollars when it happens and make sure that you've got a separate bank account that is specifically for the management of your property of your rental property Mm -hmm. and you've got a bit of a cushion in there because nobody likes to seed an investment property Uh, nobody likes to subsidize the monthly cost of it and when you have those those unexpected little bills i guess expect the unexpected right prepare for it so if you if you want to apply math to it, I would say have whatever the value of the property is, you probably want to have 1% of the value of the property sitting in an account for no other reason than to deal with the emergencies that pop up. Good advice. Good advice. Hey, another question for you, this sort of buy and hold uh, advice, I think, is 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 the right strategy, obviously. Um, and, and Adam and I wholeheartedly agree with you. A lot of the investors we talk to, and I'm just wondering your take on this, talk about, you know, buying a, a property, say, that's you know, less than 10 years old and they hold it for five, eight years. Uh, and then they're starting to see that wear and tear where a lot of the larger systems in the building are, are, you know, needing repair or, or upgrades. I was just wondering how you, how you approach the age of the property argument, like trading up to a newer property, I guess. Well, so there's sort of two things, two, two points to make there, I guess. I mean, um, the first one, I guess, is uh, probably not what, what realtors want to hear necessarily. But, I mean, hey, the reality is it costs money to trade up a property uh, just like it does a car. I mean, you know, it's going to cost you money to sell the property. It's going to cost you money to buy the new property. Uh, there's an interruption in your income, rental income between the two properties. Um, I mean, I think you want to try and buy right the first time and certainly if you're buying in a newer building you're buying yourself 10 15 20 25 years of comfort um you know absolutely uh i remember the days going through uh real estate weekly newspapers you know 20 years ago and we'd always look at the strategies and you're always looking for the lowest strategy well you know how horrible of a strategy did that prove to be for a lot of people? <laughs> um, you know, luckily today we have depreciate mandatory depreciation reports, right? And those depreciation reports and confirming that there's a fully funded budget really kind of mitigate, if not eliminate, uh, the concerns around those systems because the purpose of that depreciation report is to budget for the replacement of every single thing. And to make sure that the budget, the money's in the bank to, uh, to address that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think what you're looking for ultimately is a, a property with little history of problems 
um, a well-run strata, you know, regular meetings, and um, a, a completed depreciation report that's fully funded. Right, right. You know, and, uh, and that's how you cover those bases. And, uh, I mean, I still see the odd file come across my desk where, you know, it's a $400,000 purchase and the strata fees are $110 a month. Right. And that is a huge red flag. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Right, because those older buildings tend to have a lot of um, people who have lived in them for years. Maybe they're retired now and they're living on a pension or fixed income and they don't have a big budget to increase strata fees or to absorb special assessments. And they do have time to show up at every council meeting and vote down, you know, the work mm-hmm. over and over and over. And we're seeing those, you, know, you guys that see those properties out there, you know which ones they are, where the work's been voted down for 10 years in a row and the places are falling down around people's ears. And, uh, and of course, that leads to massive special assessments. But that's what those depreciation reports are all about heading off. Mm-hmm. And so, Dustin, we don't want to take up too much more of your time here. We're just wondering, you know, it's the beginning of 2017. Everyone's wondering about the Vancouver market. What Any predictions for the, for the year to come? Well, I'm a mortgage guy, so primarily um, my life revolves around interest rates. So, so first I'll give you a prediction on interest rates, and I've been saying the same thing for quite a few years. I don't think we're going to end this year with rates above 4%. Um, that's been a pretty safe statement for the last few years because they've just gotten lower and lower. Um, have we seen the absolute bottom? You know, rates have moved up roughly a half a percent. Um, and there's a very complicated uh, reason as to why. Um, you know, not necessarily. I mean, they could easily back down another quarter point into the spring market. Uh, so no significant movement on interest rates, certainly, and I'm talking about fixed interest rates, uh, which, of course, are driven by the bond market. Uh, prime, which dictates your shorter-term fixed rates and variable rate mortgages, the Bank of Canada is in no position to do anything with Prime. The number one message I like to, to get across to people is what drives the government to increase Prime? Like what drives interest rates up is economic good news. You know, the, the government increasing prime, that's about them trying to put the brakes on an economy that's overheating, trying to stop runaway inflation. Well, you know, when's the last time you heard a good economic news story? It's been a while. So prime, not going anywhere anytime soon. You know, if you're in a variable rate mortgage, it's going to be another wonderful year ahead. Just revel in that variable rate mortgage. Um, as far as the market goes, it's pretty interesting. I was looking at the stats last night. First, it just came out and, you know, some pretty significant drops in the amount of properties sold right. in the amount of properties on the market, which is interesting. So listings aren't going up. So supply isn't expanding. There's actually less supply out there. Uh, there's fewer transactions and prices are actually pretty stable or even inching up. Um, in some cases, pretty significant increases. I mean, condos in Vancouver year over year, a pretty significant price increase mm-hmm. despite an incredibly significant decrease in actual sales volume. So there's less happening, but it's all happening at the same prices or higher prices than the previous year. So you're not really seeing that erosion in price. And, and again, the key thing that I would put out there for everybody right now is 
Think about January of 2009. It was the all-time worst month of real estate, I think, just about ever in Vancouver history. And everybody kind of in their memory goes, oh, yeah, well, we had that economic crisis, financial meltdown. No, we had a foot of, well, yes, we had that. But more than, more importantly, more functionally. <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> yeah, that did happen. Yeah, that was a thing. You're right. Yeah, you shouldn't, shouldn't discount it too much. But, but, but I would argue that on a micro level, that was a macro thing, right? That was a global thing that was happening. But on a micro level, we had a foot of snow on the ground for the entire month of January. Right. How many open houses are you guys doing when there's a foot of snow on the ground? <laughs> Don't ask us that question. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, it's pretty darn painful. And here we are in our, what, our third or fourth week of, like, sub-zero temperatures, I mean, what happened to global warming? Like, you know, I was so excited. I, I'm, I'm kidding, but you know, clearly we we don't we don't have global warming anymore. Now we have climate change. Right. Well, I guess uh, damn straight we got climate change. So, you know, the the market. Yeah, we just had a horribly slow December. Um, well, yeah, tough time of the year to begin with, with all the holidays. But throw you know a couple inches of snow and ice across the city, and nobody wants to go out. Yeah. I stayed in bed and, basically uh, the whole month. So, well, there you go. And then, then now the forecast is calling for another, you know, five, ten, fifteen centimeters a day every day next week. Back to bed, Matt. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm doing this right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, sorry, sorry to say, guys, but I think it could be a pretty quiet January. But it's quiet volume wise. It's not that the demand has gone away. It's that the, the demand is. Not so much pent up as curled up in front of the fire, staying warm. As <laughs> uh, soon as that snow melts and the sun comes out, you're going to see another race to the, to, to the open houses and things are going to launch. So my prediction is another booming spring market. Despite the best efforts of the federal government to try and cool things down, um, I, I think you're going to see a very strong spring market. So, you know, get out on the slopes a few more uh, weekends here if you're a realtor. Um, and, and, and us brokers are kind of enjoying a bit of a quiet space right now. But as soon as the snow melts, it's going to be go time. That's what I see coming. Excellent. Well, hey, thank you so much for uh, your time, Dustin. It's always a pleasure having you on the, yeah, on the program. Yeah, it, that's it, for sure. How can people... I appreciate if, the opportunity, guys. Thank you. And if, if people want to reach you, Dustin, I, I know that uh, I know that um, you're not taking on any more clients at this stage, but what if they want to maybe subscribe to your newsletter or just learn more about you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me at DustinWoodhouse.com or .ca. I grab both. Excellent. Sounds good. All right. Well, have a great day. Thanks again. Thanks so much, Dustin. Thank you, guys. So there you have it, folks. Our discussion with Dustin Woodhouse, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Centers and best-selling author. And I'm a huge fan. That was a he's man. He's fun to listen to. Yeah. Uh, and also, you ask him one question, and he talks for ten minutes, and. Uh, yeah, and he never loses a thread. No, it's, I know. And I think he was driving to work. He was hands free, but I think he was driving to work. He was parallel parking at one point of yeah. that interview. Uh, impressive guy. There's a reason why that guy's written three books. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and I, he must just have a stenographer that just follows him around. He just talks and uh, yeah, chapter two, chapter <laughs> chapter two. Yeah. So Matt, what's your uh, what's your biggest takeaway from that interview with Dustin? You know, I mean, I I 
tend to let Dustin speak for himself, but my big takeaway, maybe I'll quote the uh, Oracle from Omaha once again, uh, quote, our favorite holding period is forever. And, uh, you know, I think that's Are the, you, the, the long-term said, hold is, is Dustin's point, and I think it makes a lot of sense. You said you were reading a lot over Christmas, and it sounds like you're just on the Buffett Wikipedia, I think. So. <laughs> hey, if, it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I already mentioned earlier, Matt, but we, uh, we, we do have that new website coming, which is going to be unlike anything that anyone's ever done in the Vancouver real estate market. There's some resources on there that are going to absolutely blow your mind. Yeah, so it's going to be great. We're, we're excited to tell you about that. Um, Matt, how can people reach you? You can reach me at 778-847-2854 or Matt at scalinarealestate.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or Adam at scalinarealestate.com. We also got that nonpartisan line. Info at scalinarealestate.com. So thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Um, we didn't make it to 100 reviews at, by the end of but last year. you know year. what? We, we, over 90. There was over 90. What? Well, there's 87 on iTunes. I just checked. And Stitcher has a couple as well. So I, I think, think it like was five. So yeah, we're, we're over 90. 90, 92. That's, uh, so hey, something set, for the new year. Set your goals high. Set your goals high. And it's not a failure if, what is this, what does Buffett say? I don't know. Yeah. We'll see you next week. <laughs> okay, take care, guys. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. Subscribe today.